David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris. Last time I checked, I wasn't David Spada, so I think that means I'm Elliot Harris. We do, however, have David Spada in the studio for a change. Nice to see you, sir. I'm in big trouble here. I was always told not to keep a beautiful woman waiting, and I made someone wait today who is absolutely beautiful. So I don't want to get spanked by you or Dave Elliott. No, or you're, you're, you're looking to get spanked by Amber Podell, who happens to be our guest in studio. And I'm not quite sure that she's going to comply with th- those wishes no matter how much you beg. But it was a good try. You like that? An A for effort? We'll give you an A for effort, but not for Amber. How's that? Sounds good. Let's get right to our guest, though. Gladly. Amber Podell, the reigning Ms. Illinois USA 2012. Is that about close enough? Close. Very close. Actually, United States. United States. I can't keep that stuff straight. That's okay. Barely can Either it's, can I. It's on my computer screen, and I can't <laughs> keep it straight. I don't know why that is. Yes. Yeah, so I'm Amber Podell, Ms. United States. Or actually, Miss Illinois of United States and uh, 2012. So, you just competed in July in Washington D.C. at the big pageant there. That is correct. We were in Washington D.C. July 4th through the 10th in our big competition. It consisted of parades and uh, days that were 14 hours long in high heels. And we had base. Yeah, David we, knows we had, what that's yeah. like. <laughs> exactly. You guys know how that feels. Yeah. I'm working on weekends. But that for. The high heels will get you every time. The best part is after after all these beauty bombs are going off to make ourselves look gorgeous and we have heels that are on our feet for 14-hour days, we're expected to look happy, smiling, and gorgeous. Right. <laughs> what, that's the real challenge. Uh, exactly. You have to make sure that smile doesn't turn into a grimace. Yes, yes. But don't some of the girls have those smiles permanently frozen onto their face? I think so. Some some never broke. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know, you hit them, hit their toes with a, a sledgehammer, and they'll still be smiling. Yeah, walk on their foot with your high heel. I, yeah. I want to test them out. <laughs> How many people tried out from Illinois? Uh, actually, I'm not sure to be exact, but uh, the competition actually was uh, it was amazing. When we got there, the, the women from all around the country were of high caliber. Like one woman, she's amazing, Ms. Texas. Not only is she a surgeon, she's a lieutenant in the military. And she's beautiful and thin and can do a one-arm push-up. So these types of women we were competing against were just incredible. And it was actually it's the only competition that you become friends with your competitors. So it's actually a very bonding experience through this whole competition, which I found very interesting, actually. This is my first uh, national competition, so it was a lot of firsts for me throughout the whole competition. Well, was she G.I. Jane? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Except with hair, and she was blonde. <laughs> oh. No cat fights. 
No, not that I saw, but I was waiting. I was like, something's got to happen here. I was waiting. I was ready. I was game to watch. <laughs> you know, that would be the only reason I'd want to go. Yeah. But, you know, somebody pulling somebody's hair or... Something. Someone having a nervous right. breakdown. Yeah. I was ready. But actually, these women were... It was amazing. No one had a nervous breakdown. Nothing. No okay. itching powder in the bikinis? Oh, no, but that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> that's a good idea. You see? Knock on your competition. <laughs> yeah. Next, next contest, and David will supply the itching powder. I guess so. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of Miss Texas there, I mean, in the military. This is scary. <laughs> Did she show your papers? No, she didn't. I shouldn't I should she have asked. She posing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Eilers was the reigning overall. Correct. She was Miss United States 2011. Right. And uh, she, her reign is now over, and uh, she has passed it on to Miss Arizona, who is now Miss United States. Not bad. Yeah. Did you get to see uh, Fourth of July fireworks at, uh, in Washington, D.C. or anything exciting like that? In addition to the fireworks, we got to be participating in a parade. Uh, we th- Basically, all of us women wear, wore white shirts and uh, these cute little tiny white shorts and marched down the center of Main Street in Washington, D.C. So it pretty much stopped traffic. It was great. I would think so. <laughs> Did you get the president's attention? Uh, no, but if he was there, we would have. <laughs> <laughs> if it was Clinton or Kennedy, you had a good shot. Exactly, right? <laughs> it's those Democrats. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you can find all all sorts from uh, all parties. That uh, That's one of those things that's bipartisan, I believe. I'm, I'm not an expert on politics. Or foreign affairs. Or domestic <laughs> affairs. Any sort of affairs, but moving right along. You recently competed in the Nike Fuel House competition? That is correct. Uh, BodyFit Lab teamed up with Nike for their Nike Fuel House, which is uh, located in Lincoln Park. And uh, the objective of the Fuel House is you can come in, try these electronic bracelets that you actually put on your arm, and it actually calculates your calories and how much movement you're, or energy you're producing. Okay, so that bracelet lights up? Correct. When you push this little fancy button, and boom, your calories, or basically your fuel that you output for the day is calculated. And uh, you can go into the Nike Fuel House, uh, actually participate in a couple of exercises that show you how high you can jump, how fast you can move your feet, and it calculates it through every other player that has come into the Nike Fuel House. So basically, you're playing against professional athletes, your friend, etc. You can also hook your bracelet up and compete against your next-door neighbor or anyone from around the world like a video game. So, yes, so we spent this past weekend competing uh, in teams of five with professional athletes and uh, some of Chicago's top trainers in a competition that I am frankly very sore from, but it was so fun. <laughs> what athletes did you compete against? Uh, my, uh, Matt Ulrich was there. Uh, Monty Quinn, he used to play for the Lakers. He was there. And uh, a lot of Chicago trainers, etc. So we had just an array of people that had fun. Of course, Nike had, they had wonderful cameras, getting a lot of great footage and people having fun doing this. But actually, the biggest and most impressive benefit to this is it's getting kids active. If they can look at a score... Kind of like a score on a video game. They're to say, hey, how much energy am I using? And right. it creates competition. It creates activity. And I think, actually, our country could really use a lot more active kids or inspiration to be active, right? Yeah. So 
So this is 21st century technology. I'm used to going to like the carnival and getting on the, the scale and the scale prints out the card and says, hey, only one person on it at a time. You know, things like that. How much does a bracelet like that run? Uh, about $150. But uh, yeah, Nike uh, gave all the trainers that participated in the competition uh, free outfits, free bracelets, etc. So they're really trying to spread the word and... Yeah, doing a good job of that. Is there a button on there you can push that it'll, it'll say help? No, but there should be. <laughs> I could have used that Sunday. Well, I'm dying. Exactly. So what else does a bracelet tell you? Well, actually, it can tell you your calories specifically, which is useful. Um, I like the fuel because it puts it's a calculation that puts you on a level playing field with everyone else that you're competing with, whether it's an athlete or someone younger or older than you, et cetera. And uh, the fuel calculation is something Nike has uh, come up with to do that. So, What do you mean by fuel? Fuel basically is your output of calories, your um, output of energy and motion. So there's actually a little gyrator in here actually counting your motion, actually can feel your motion. So so that tells you how many calories per minute you're burning or per hour? Uh, per day. Per day. Yeah, and you can actually take a look at it periodically through the day and see where you're at. And uh, once you hit your goal, you get look. it looks like a little firework display comes on and it's like yes i got my goal i think if david and i had those it would have to have the reading that says get off the couch (laughs) get a six-pack now put that beer down stop (laughs) stop walking to the refrigerator quit eating in the car right (laughs) put the bag of chips down now (laughs) so did you compete against michael jordan when he was playing or now yeah, actually, uh, no, none of the above, but that would be cool, though. <laughs> I think you could beat Michael now, or I could beat Michael now, but Michael in his playing days, I don't think so. Exactly. Or Charles Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> Besides all this stuff, you're also a budding author? That is correct. Uh, in addition to you know, all the other stuff I do, is I'm a big advocate of healthy food. And actually, we're producing a book that's going to be out in 2013, uh, summer of 2013 to be exact. And the premise of the book is dividing, redefining real food. And to take it a step further, it's redefining what health food is and fitness food. People often. So that there's a difference? Yeah, there's a difference. And uh, it's, it, there's so much information out there, it's baffling. And we're trying to motivate people to, well, we're clarifying it. And once you clarify it a little bit, you can help uh, inspire. And our objective really is to inspire people to eat healthy and fit. And uh, once you inspire people, they seem to be motivated. And if they're motivated, they're going to be more activated and choose better choices, ideally. Cause so if I like avocados, I can just sit there and eat uh, <laughs> close. Gu- guacamole all day? Close, close. But uh, for example, a potato. We all know a potato, an organic potato, is good for you. It's healthy. It's organic. But it's not a fitness food, and you're not going to get a six-pack by eating organic potatoes. No, so, we'll, we'll get a six-pack by going to the fridge, That's right? true. You get the other d- kind of six-pack. D- different six-pack. <laughs> so what do you do with a potato? you avoid it? Or you... Um, for, in this example, for fitness foods, um, you're going to want to eat more. Uh, apple would be a better choice of carbohydrate, simple, or carbohydrate instead of a potato. And a lot of our recipes are based on uh, fitness foods, which are more uh, protein-based, such as um, chickens, etc., um, we do a lot of raw vegan dishes because we're taking advantage of foods in their most uh, natural state. And in their most natural state, they have the most vitamins. So if you're nutriating the body with low calories, you're going to be healthier, leaner, fitter. And honestly, you're going to have a lot more energy as well. 
Now, I hear people say you should start off the day with oatmeal, things like that. Sure, that's a great that's a good example. Um, carbs in the morning are great because it can fuel the rest of your day. But also, too, just by eating breakfast is people overlook that so much. As uh, that's the the most important meal of the day. I agree, absolutely. So <laughs> it gets the body going. You know, some of us sleep through it though. <laughs> so all of a sudden we're having breakfast around lunchtime. That happens. But you, the object is to keep the body fueled at all times. That is correct. So, so you're you're burning off ra- rather than. You know, you think, okay, I'm not going to eat for 12 hours, and that's how I'm going to lose weight. But then the body shuts down and says, no, I have to store the fat, right? Exactly. And uh, also, too, to really help weight loss, you want to keep consistent levels of insulin going on. And the best way to do that is to eat multiple times per day, keep a steady level of energy. And uh, most of our diet or most of our recipes are uh, very, very, very low sugar. Sugar is... A big problem in our country. Oh. It's sugars and everything. So it shouldn't be Twinkies every two hours? Oh, you're so smart. Absolutely. I'm, I'm catching on. Yeah. It takes a while. <laughs> Here goes my cinnamon bun from Burger King for breakfast. Yes. <laughs> well, hey, if you want to eat it, I'm not going to judge. I'm just an observer. <laughs> How did you get into uh, fitness and food? Well, actually, I've always had an interest in it. And uh, my father passed away of cancer. And so did my grandmother. And uh, I've, ever since I was a teenager, I had a really strong admiration for healthy food. And uh, after those people, I lost those people in my family, it made me analyze life a little more in depth and be more aware of my health and aware of what I'm putting into my body. And I really have spent many, many years uh, studying this. So I have a strong feeling this could be my next step in a career path. So, Rumor has it you ran the uh, Chicago Marathon in 2010. Does that sound right? <laughs> that is right, yes. And uh, I am not a runner. I wanted to go out there and... You know, sometimes you just want the opportunity to see what you can what you can do and what you can achieve. So, I will assume you trained for it. Yes. <laughs> yes, I trained for oh, it. Absolutely. <laughs> you just didn't show up one day and say, you know, I'd like to run twenty six point two miles. Yeah, I woke today. up one day and said, hey, I'm actually going to do something different. Eat breakfast and <laughs> run a marathon. <laughs> How long did you train for it? Uh, actually, I trained for it about twenty weeks. So I started off like in the springtime and did like a, a, a regular training pattern. Um, the name excuse me at the moment, but uh, you know it, it takes some dedication, and people don't realize that you have to run your highest run, which is like a 20 mile run, like six to eight weeks before the actual marathon. So you actually have to taper down before you actually run. So learned all these little things about running, more about running than I ever thought I'd ever learned. So it was a great experience. It was exhilarating. Um, what was your time? Uh, actually, I got four hours and 12 minutes, which is pretty. It's uh, that was good. I was really excited about that. So, what did you need to qualify for the Boston Marathon? Oh, like something like three hours and forty minutes or something. Uh, you weren't bad. Yeah, I was only yeah, twenty for your first 30, marathon, 40 minutes I, off. <laughs> you could have done it. Yeah. <laughs> for your first time, it's excellent. Yeah, I felt good about it, so it was great. And it, it's my probably my last one. I've I was gonna, moved, is it, moved is, on. <laughs> is it one of those things you just check off and move on? Exactly. It's just one of the, just wanted to try it out and. Just go do it. And uh, probably one of my favorite parts of running the marathon, I think it was around mile 20 or 21, because the body only holds about 2,000 calories. So you... Speak for yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it was like right around the, you know, you're nearing the end. And uh, we were on the south side of Chicago, and there's all these people clapping and cheering. And uh, there's this, you know, south side of Chicago, we know it can get a little, you know, 
a little different down there. And this one woman, I thank her so much. She was holding the sign that says, run like you stole the TV. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I mean, that cheered me up. I was on it. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I'm not going to show you what it's doing. I thought you were going to say something else. No. No, we're We'll leave it at that. <laughs> is running part of your normal workout regimen nowadays? It is. I love cardio. I think it clears my mind, helps me focus, um, keeps my energy up. So I definitely do it at least twice a week. Try to get on the lakefront. I often take my uh, German Shepherd running with me, especially if I'm running at night. <laughs> It's kind of like my uh, mace on four legs. <laughs> okay. So your German Shepherd's ready to run the uh, Chicago Marathon? He probably could have when I was trading. <laughs> you got to be careful, though, running with dogs in this heat, though. I mean, because they got that fur, and they could overheat quicker than humans. That is correct. So it has to be, honestly, clo- 70 degrees or less, and it usually has to be in the morning or night. So he can't really run on all my runs, but... Yeah, he's such a he's such a trooper. My dad's old boss killed his dog in Florida. Oh God! Running, running with the dog, really? you didn't realize it got done. Oh and my all God! All of a sudden, the dog overheated. Oh yeah, you got to pay attention. What the, the rule he, is? He's dragging him on. Boy, just, <laughs> oh, come on, come on! Terrible! God, oh, it makes me want to cry. This was years ago, but yeah, I mean, I never realized that either until you think about it with the fur. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to look for the telltale sign that your dog is overheated. Actually, is um, when their tongue naturally hangs out when they're panting, but if it hangs all the way out. That means they're exhausted and they're dehydrated. So that's the sign you have to look for. What about humans? It, it happens to. I was going to yeah. say, I've seen David with that look on occasion. <laughs> that's usually after a, a long day on the golf course, right? Exactly. Ready to keel over. Looking for the 19th hole. Yeah. Now, David doesn't realize this, but we also have a, a world-famous bricklayer in the oh. studio at the <laughs> True? That is true. Basketball? Yeah. No. Playing bricks? No. Not those kind of bricks either. <laughs> As in a, a brick mason. Yes. Uh, actually, my dad was uh, he was a brick mason. And uh, during my, basically, I was a teenager and became a union laborer and then a brick mason and put myself through college actually doing that type of work. I ended up getting into general contracting shortly after that. But uh, yeah, for about four years, I was a brick mason. So... So were you whistling at the guys that walked by the construction site? Oh, honey, you take the makeup off and you put some steel-toed boots on and colored shirt. Things look a little different. Because <laughs> <laughs> you always picture the construction worker as this big, tough, buff guy and whistling at the women walking by. Yeah, it's funny. When I was working on, was on basically when we we're on the wall, which is obviously the elevated scaffolding, the guys would be so modest. They wouldn't hoot and holler at the other woman when I was oh. around. They were, like, scared or something. <laughs> It's like, you guys can be animals. I know you are. <laughs> Don't hold back my account. <laughs> so how many beers would you drink with the guys after work? Oh, after, after working for my dad, all you wanted to do was go to sleep. <laughs> a tough task, Oscar. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, think about it. The blocks that, well, we often did a lot of foundations. And besides, like, ornamental work, foundations with a lot of the type of walls we put in. So each block that we're lifting up. And if I got on labor duty, they're 75 pounds each. So do that all day. I was going to say, you should build, build up your biceps pretty well and your shoulders. Let's put it and... this way. It made my boyfriends nervous at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little difficult to date. It was kind of like, you know, are you a bodybuilder? What's up with this? And then you segued from laying the bricks to overseeing construction projects and things like that? Correct. Yeah, I got into general contracting and found that was uh, better suited. Uh, made dating life a lot easier. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I've been in general contracting uh, for many years now, actually. Uh, 
I'm celebrating probably my, I think it's maybe 13th year now. Yes. What do you build? Uh, office buildings, uh, commercial, um, well, restaurants, do a lot of restaurants, um, a lot of, a lot of, um, what do you call it? Uh, renovations for offices as well. Uh, especially during the 2008, 2009 period, we did a lot of re- renovations. Yeah. Any buildings we know of? Any famous buildings or? Um, the Louvre and, and yeah. Paris. <laughs> 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 yeah, we got some eccentric, uh, well, it's, it's eccentric in a beautiful way. In a project in Naperville, we actually are building a office that has uh, waterfalls, ponds, and uh, about, I think it's 18 tons of steel hanging from the ceiling. Yikes. Yes. What's so, this a building for? This is an office building for a client. So we definitely, we do the... Is this one client? Un- yes. You know, a spade of law firm may be in the market for yeah, like a new it. corporate office. He said, yeah. looks what? like that's the smile on his face makes me think that that might just be something that he'd like to have. Sure. Maybe not in Naperville, but someplace else. Find right. The right, right location, David. I could pick, I'm thinking of Donald <laughs> Trump here hiring you to do his construction. I'm game. <laughs> Wouldn't, you weren't in Trump's pageant, right? No, I was not. Okay. But wouldn't that have been fun? <laughs> I don't know about that. I get confused with the pageants. You got Miss Illinois, USA, Miss Illinois. Yeah, How many well, are there? Well, basically, you um, all the pageants have the same structure. You have a state pageant, then you have the national pageant. And actually, there's three types of national pageants. United States, which is mine. Okay. USA, which is Trump. And America, which is, everyone's familiar with that, kind of the original historical pageant. Right. The one pageant. with Bird Park. That's the guy. Yeah. Here no, he, he doesn't do it anymore. He Here doesn't do it anymore comes. now that he's dead. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, walking down uh, the runway and all that exciting stuff. Who who does that now? Is it Regis? I, I'm, I'm, I not, I'm not as up on my pageants as I used to be. I'm depending on you, David. You know what? The media makes you feel guilty about watching because they're saying you're basically looking at women in a sexist way, and this isn't right. Where I'm like, you know what? This is nice, right? And what's your opinion on that? Actually, quite a bit of well, you have you have two ways to look at things. Um, first of all, these pageants are giving women a lot of opportunities to get out there, promote um, their business, or promote their modeling career, or promote their talent. So it's been used as a wonderful platform for them to do that. And secondly, when you get out there in a bikini or you get out there in a dress, and people are looking at you. It takes a lot of confidence to get out there and smile in a bikini and heels. And if you can get out there and do that, it's it's wonderful. It's they're confident, <laughs> and you can really handle yourself in a lot of situations. It's like so if you can do that, you can do just about anything. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's amazing. It's not just about looking good because you have the talent competition. Correct. You have the question. What was your question? Did you make it to that phase? I did not, but I came in the top ten, which I was pretty excited about. And uh, the, actually, Miss United or United States does not have a talent. They're more focused on your resume and what you've done for your community. And uh, they're looking for a very articulate woman that can be very good spokesmodels for United States. Um, your, Miss America has the talent, and uh, USA has more of the modeling contract. So David and I will be inclined to enter the one that requires no talent. <laughs> right, just get a sex change and we could get in it now. Actually, that's true. <laughs> I saw that this year and I'm like, come on, where is this world coming to? I'm just curious what's next. <laughs> we'll have to tune in and find out. Amber Podell, thank you so much for your time. Continued success. And when David Spade's law firm wants new corporate headquarters, he knows where to go. That's right. I want my waterfall. <laughs>
You are listening to Sports and Torts, and come back after these brief commercial messages. 